dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 174 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins. Join with me tonight, Billy Beeman, and welcome back again, Jake Abrams. What's up, guys? Just going to see how long it takes for my stream to spaz out this episode, so, uh, you know. <laughs> 40, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Let's hop right into it before I start lagging. All right, let's hop into some news and nonsense. <laughs> Look, a lot of injuries, again, just been that way this year. Maybe it is like this every year, it just doesn't seem like it. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, ankle. Uh, look pretty bad. I'm sure he's going to miss weeks. I guess for all you who couldn't sell Zeke, which has been probably a pretty hard task to do, you might have a chance now, especially if you're in leagues that don't have trade deadlines. Yeah, the the uh, the n- notorious hip drop tackle. Yeah, takes another victim. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a brutal looking one. Hopefully, he gets away without breaking something, and it's just like a high ankle sprain or something like that. But yeah, I think we lost him for the fantasy playoffs and. If you have Zeke, you gained, you know, you gained definitely a, a usable asset, I would say, at this point, flex, a flex option. But outside of that, like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going out and paying much for a Zeke. I mean, maybe if you could steal him for like a fourth off somebody, it'll be worth it in the end if you really need some depth on your team down the stretch. But mm, yeah, it's rough with Ramondre. I'm, I'm wondering if there's like a buy opportunity with Stevenson, but I don't even know if it's like super appealing given the state of the team. I'm staying away. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will be trying to shop Zeke where I'm not continuing, but we'll see. Uh, Kenny Pickett, this one kind of sucks because, again, the second week of uh, Matt Kenda list. Offense, like, he's just throwing the ball different. Uh, he's looking better, way more competent, and he goes down with the ankle injury. It didn't look like an ankle to me at first, but they're saying an ankle injury. They said it was he's been nursing that ankle for a while, and so... Uh, there, the reports are that it's probably pretty bad. Probably won't see him again the rest of the fantasy season. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky's not good for the fantasy options. It's not. I mean, the running backs are going to be fed, I guess, and they're they're a playoff team, so they they're not just going to shut it all down. No. So no. you you have you know you have that going for you in terms of like assets, I, but long term, like you know this this isn't really a big issue. I'm wondering if like is anybody here buying Kenny Pickett? Especially now, you're going to have like an opportunity, a little window with him going down in the fantasy playoffs. Teams that may need help, whatever you know, whatever yada yada yada. Maybe if I had like uh, Browning or something, I might try to move Browning for Pickett, um, and, and you know, you know, obviously throwing a little something there because uh, I think Browning's going to be useful for the rest of the season, and people might be scared to get off a of Pickett. But I don't know, not really, not really buying or selling there. I would be interested if I had a quarterback needy team, but thankfully I build my teams away from that situation, unlike Billy. Oh. <laughs> my DU team Sorry. weeps. 
<laughs> Sorry, that was completely unnecessary. But yeah, no, in all seriousness, um, but yeah, I think this is a great time to buy the dip. Uh, he should be back final two weeks of the regular season based on what they're they're saying. So we should hopefully be able to see a little bit more of what he has to offer. And I think in the grand scheme of things, this is the time to buy before he starts to uh, bring their team into the playoffs. I think you could move Baker or Stafford, Stafford. for him uh, to a team that, again, needs like a quarterback if they lost Pickett in a, in a playoff run. And they're probably nobody's probably too attached to Pickett. So um, probably looking to make one of those kind of moves for, for Pickett if you are looking to make a move for Pickett. Next one, which is a little more serious, Trevor Lawrence with the ankle. I'm not saying that injury is more serious. It's just more serious because he's a better asset to have in Dynasty. Um, yeah. You've been starting him all year. You know, he's probably been doing pretty good for you. I know he has for me. But his ankle, they made him walk to the locker room. Uh, some people said that he wanted to walk to the locker room. I, just ridiculous to me why you do that to your starting franchise quarterback. But, you know, uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence ankle, he had the same injury, I think, last year or the year before. And he came back pretty quick, so we'll see. He's young, so hopefully nothing's broken there. I haven't heard anything that anything's broken. So they diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. So what is that typically? Three to two weeks, depending. Running backs usually longer. Quarterbacks usually a bit earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't understand how there's any logic behind that, like physio group. Like, how how are you a trained professional doctor? And you're like. You know what, dude who either just tore his ACL or sprained his ankle or potentially fractured a bone, let's make that guy walk into the locker room. That makes logical sense. Do they not own one of those carts? Like <laughs> they put into the pool that they wanted to show three times during <laughs> like what are we doing here? Like it's this is your franchise quarterback, it's your franchise here. I, I don't know. This just is uh negligence. The yeah, I, done. Can't get worse. <laughs> I think a lot of the analysis in, in general around like, especially these, these like higher profile assets is going to, especially since we're in the playoff push is going to be around like, can you snag some of these assets off of teams who need points now? So I, I think I saw somebody, I forgot where it was. Maybe it was Twitter chopping it up about like, would you move Trevor Lawrence if you needed a quarterback for Kyler Murray straight up? I would. I I'm in that situation. Oh, are you? I'm in that situation, yeah, and DU too. I think I would because I think the difference between Kyler and Trevor, sorry, the difference between Kyler and Jordan Love, who's my QB3, is pretty big. Um, and I think for me to potentially win it this year, which I don't think I'm that far away from. Josh, ready to uh, get back into the fold? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I'm that far away from it, to be honest. So I think, and this is, is a question that we have for later on in the show, but you know, kind of what are you willing to trade away for the right. future to win now? Yeah, that's fair. I just think that the future is too unclear with, with Kyler and uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is just so clear, it, at least in my opinion, that that gap. Um, and it, I, I maybe I just don't know if – I don't have Kyler Murray scheduled right in front of me and that, that would matter a little it's bit. It's not but pretty. It's right. I, I don't – I'm not – in, in general, I think you guys know I'm not that confident in, in a Kyler Murray um, as the player outside of just fantasy, just as a player. So um, I don't think that I'd be comfortable moving that direction. But it is close for sure, and I think that some people would. So there's opportunity out there for those kind of things for sure if you want to do it. All right. Uh, Tink Dell got rolled up on. 
he I think what well, they put him on IR uh, right away. Mm-hmm. So tanks done for the year <laughs> before the game ended. Yeah, uh, they really did, know. right? <laughs> there was a report that he was going straight on the IR before the game even ended. It's crazy. It, you know, it's not all about me, but uh, I'm doing pretty well in uh, Scott Fishbowl, and Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. is one of my quarterbacks, and Tank Dell has been killing it for me. So Oof, let's see how that goes. That's tough. That's tough. So Puka versus Tank. What do you want to talk about here? Who would you rather have? I just wanted to rehash it. We talked about it last week a little bit, um, and I think. Uh, I don't know if all of us did, but I think we did end on the side of Dell, given like situation and everything. Does this change it at all for you? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, I kind of still have the same feelings. I mean, Puka also went off, so. Yeah, yeah, he did. He also got injured. <laughs> Jake's like, yeah, he's still mid, like big, big mid, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I did I did put in the uh, group chat that I did believe that he looked better um, for run after catch than he has all year. Uh, there were two or three yeah. runs. Like he had like two legitimate end arounds that he looked great with the ball in his hands. And then there was a reception that was like a 15 yarder that ended up um, pulling, he ended up pulling out for like, I think it was like 45, yeah. 45, 50 yards. They also brought a, uh, they also brought a rush back from him. That was like a 60, not a 60, it was like a 30, 40 yard rush. I think um, got yeah. brought back on like a holding call or something like that. Too, so. Toro is a hell of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You didn't even know that he had an AC joint at the time. So He's like, well, I don't know. It's my leg, man. Yeah. Josh, I don't think Jake was ever that high on Puka, but certainly not as yeah. not, not as high as uh, as he was, I don't think, early in the season, if he ever was at all. Yeah, I would say to Josh's point, he's he's bringing up a couple of trade conversations that we had, and I was just trying to trade Puka for market value, and Josh was trying to trade him for below market value. So I was <laughs> like, um, yeah, my value has always been relatively low on Puka, but you know, if you own them, if you own the asset, you want to sell for at least market. I'm not going to sell him for less just because you know I don't like him. Like this is yeah. not how I roll, unfortunately. Yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. All right, uh, Hollywood Brown heel. He got hurt. Seems like he hurts like his foot like all the time, three, four times a year. I don't know. It's like it's almost like Amari just always gets injured. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Hollywood Brown with a heel. Not sure if it matters because the only player on that team that you really want is Trey McBride, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> mm, true. Yeah, all it does is help Trey McBride. That's that's all we need to know. Um, I'm not sure how the, how severe the injury is. Probably not much actionable about that. Christian Watson, hammy, which he was going hammy in this game. He was having a pretty good game for himself. <laughs> and then uh, he slowed down to decelerate to, just, I think, try to you know stay in bounds, get out of bounds, one, two. And then he just went down. And it, it wasn't his knee or anything. It was, it was a hammy, so I guess that's good ish but i wouldn't notes. say so <laughs> <I said> ish. <laughs> and, um, but yeah fifth injury to the hammy in three years uh according to uh, that's me our, our local doctor the du doc du, du doc, doc. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I saw that i saw that stat roaming around so since his senior or his last year in college um plus his two injuries last year plus now his two injuries this year it's his fifth injury to i believe the same exact hamstring so uh, i hear you uriah but uh yeah no that's that's terrible news terrible news that he has one absolutely shredded hamstring that doesn't seem to be able to heal properly if what looks like a relatively potential chance for them to push into the playoffs that means that his season's probably not over and they're gonna rush him back and there's a good chance the poor guy is gonna drop again so keep your eyes out do you doc 
Steve. <laughs> it's uh, it's Jaden Reed season, right? Or, or Romeo, Romeo Dobbs. Dontavian. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, Dontavian yeah, Wicks. I mean, take your pick maybe. for sure. Malik Heath? Come on. <laughs> they have like, a, do they have a single senior wide receiver? Like, Romeo it's Dobbs is the youngest team in the senior. league. Malik effing Heath, bro. This guy, I'm pretty sure he went off against the Patriots, right? Like, that's that's what it was. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Oh, my God. That was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no. Like, Christian Watson, um, I think he actually has some appeal in general, but I don't know if he's ever going to be consistent enough in general or be able to stay on the field consistently enough in general. So, yeah, like, it's just he's such a – He's such a, a, a risky asset with a lot of upside. He reminds me exactly, and I think I said something like this on Twitter, of Will Fuller. Like very, very Will Fuller-ish player, right? Like a guy who has all the talent in the world and all the upside in the world, but probably will never be able to stay on the field and put it all together in exactly the right moments with all the pieces and factors. It's just not, I don't know, it's not working out for him. So it's, this guy kind of just stay away from. All right, we talked about this. Puka left with an injury. He was actually out for quite a while. And it turns out it's an AC joint. They shot him up with drugs, and he was able to come back in the game, play for a little bit. But it's something to keep an eye on. It's a beast. Kid's a beast. Keenan's playing through the same injury, and he's like 37 years old. So a 23-year-old <laughs> will be fine. All right. Yeah, and averaging about the same amount of points per game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. 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 All right. Last one. Brian Robinson, hammy. Mm-hmm. That one kind of sucks because he's a kid. I mean – Anytime a new rookie gets drafted and then he gets shot in the leg and then comes back in a couple of weeks and just takes <laughs> the incumbents and just comes in and just takes Antonio Gibson's role. Like he, his wounds aren't even healed yet. They still got scabs and shit. And he's like, yeah, it's my job. You, you kind of want to root for that guy. So that does suck. I know there's like a really unhealthy, like love and following for Antonio Gibson. So this would be a good time to, I think personally do both try to go try buy Brian Robinson and also at the same time try to sell Antonio Gibson team considering but yeah that's interesting I think it, maybe I'm putting my like playoff glasses on too much because I do like Antonio Gibson all of a sudden feels like kind of an appealing asset playoff wise because he's already getting plenty of touches in the passing game uh, a little bit of work in the running game scoring around you know nine ten fantasy points here and there like if that can double you know what I mean uh you you're working you're working with something so like, what would you feel comfortable taking if you had him? And what would you feel like? Would you take a third if you had Antonio, Antonio Gibson? Gibson? Yeah. Nah. No. No. Right? I take a second. So someone it'd need to be a second. 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 Yeah. yeah. What would you? So it's gonna be a contender, a right? So, so you're saying like you two ten, two eleven, two twelve, right? Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd send a late second, probably. You would send a late second. Yeah. It, it, I think yeah, I would too. A, yep. Desperation says a lot, but this is the time to to pay up for that type of asset. And mm-hmm. you know, he's not that old, so it. Don't get me wrong. Using a, a wide receiver at running back probably doesn't have that many <laughs> legs to it, um, especially if uh, Riverboat Ron is gone anytime soon. So, you know, need to be conscientious of that. Absolutely. Like, I'm very well aware of that, but I'd still probably spend a, a late second on something like that. Yeah. Thoughts on Chris Rodriguez? Think he is able to take any of the snaps here? I don't give him the ball a couple times yet. You no, think it's only going to be a couple? Uh, I think it's closer I, to 10 than not. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer to 10 than not as well. Um, and if he's successful, we already know that Antonio Gibson doesn't run the ball particularly well. Um, I think he could potentially take a larger share by 
maybe the finals championship game, <laughs> something like that in fantasy. I don't, I don't know. We're, you're, yeah. you're looking at maybe like week 16, 17, but still could be something. Got a Craig Reynolds on your hands here. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I like Chris Rodriguez coming out. He's just like a good running back. Like he's not. And when I say like, when I say it like that, I mean like an old school kind of just like downhill runner, um, blocks well and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's just, I'm thinking more about it. Like, I feel like if I'm trading a second, I need to be getting like a third back, like Antonio Gibson in a third. Like if you can do that, I'd feel pretty comfortable about it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, no. we're, we're harping on a point that we don't need to be probably. Yeah, yeah none of us are making that move probably. So. Yeah. I don't think that gets done. <laughs> <laughs> what did we learn and what stood out? Uh, shoot, week man, 13, 13? Yeah, it's flying by. It's flying it by is. Now. I hope everybody's getting ready for playoffs. Mm-hmm. If not, I hope you're secured that 101 or 102 by now. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're staring the 105 through 108 mm-hmm. pick, uh, you did your dynasty wrong. <laughs> But I, which I've done, I have plenty of leagues like that. So I'm, I'm just saying, let's, let's do better. Let's do better. So right, I'm not so, criticizing you. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying we, we together, we could do better. Brock Purdy is he legit? I got to say, it, here's the thing, and I'll be as brief as possible. If he wasn't in San Francisco, I don't think he'd be starting anywhere. But he is, so you can't ignore that, right? He is. Same with like Raheem Mostert. And Jeff Wilson, like those guys aren't falling out if they're not with Mike McDaniels, the quarterback whisper. But Brock Purdy is with San Francisco and he is leading the entire league in EPA by a, a decent margin. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he's legit. As long as he's paired up there in San Francisco, he's legit. I never thought I'd say it, but it's just, there's no denying it really. Jake doesn't want to say it. <laughs> I feel like I got called out pretty hard from Joe last week in the comments because I even <laughs> questioned the fact that Jordan Love could be in a relative value sphere as Brock Purdy, which I wasn't saying that I would trade Jordan Love or Brock Purdy straight up for one another. But I, I think I think the kid's playing out of his mind. I, I think he's been which legit. one, Purdy or Love? Both. Oh, Purdy. No, <laughs> no, not both. No, no. <laughs> Uh, both? I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I don't think both, but yeah, I think I think Purdy's been playing out of his mind. I, he's had a couple of short weeks with some unfortunate injuries to the team mm-hmm. that I think have made him look worse than I think the performances truly are when you mm-hmm. file back the tape. Overall, you know, he's in a very interesting group on KTC. <laughs> the guys around him are Kyler Dak. Jordan Love, Justin Fields. You take almost every one of those over him. Just, just I mean, except for probably maybe Justin Fields. But like most you of those. You take Jordan Love over mm-hmm. Brock Purdy? Uh, I'd probably take Brock Purdy. No, no, no. I'd take Brock Purdy. I mean, the situation's so much better for Purdy. Yeah. But like, I, I actually didn't hear you say Love there. But in terms of like Dak Prescott, like those kind of guys, like uh, Kyler, I think you said Justin Herbert, maybe. No, no. He's, he's you said, I heard Fields. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Fields. Yeah, there's definitely a couple guys I'd take over him in that in that spot for sure. Dak is just wholly underrated. He's kind of like in this weird dead zone um, in terms of dynasty value. I think for quarterbacks, where Purdy is like the last remaining solid asset, and then everyone beneath him is kind of at that place where you're just basically throwing darts at a wall and hoping that situation either changes or they finally come 
to terms with how good or bad they are. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't think you can turn your head on the way he's been performing this year. And that's coming from a person who saw him live. And honestly, he was against the Giants. Yeah, I'm aware of that. But he looked very good live. Like the pacing of their offense is very much dictated by how they use CMC. But that's the veil. I think a lot of the way that their offense actually is dictated is by his communication and, and how quickly he's actually able to uh, move the ball out of his hands. Um, his release is actually very, very good for a last pick of the draft uh, quarterback. And for me, I think you're, you're going to see him probably in the NFL for a very long time simply because he's going to be very, very cheap, at least through this, this rookie uh, contract. Jordan Love, again, is Jordan Love legit? Uh, he started off hot. We saw that. It's not his rookie year, but it's kind of like his rookie uh, – it's kind of like his rookie year. That's his first year actually starting, right? So and he started off pretty hot, throwing four touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns a game. And then he went through a slump. But this last like three, four weeks, <clears throat> he's balling out. He's balling out of his mind. He just he just beat Patrick Mahomes on prime time. Like refs, and, whatever. And the Detroit about. Lions, right? Before that. <clears throat> yeah, and the Detroit Lions right before that. Like, two of the best, quote unquote, best teams in the league. And he's out there doing it. So, um. You know, I think that having Jordan Love sit for a while, like I think teams should do this a little more often. Um, I don't think it ever is really going to hurt a player. <clears throat> I remember talking about Jordan Love like two years ago. Um, hell, we might have had, maybe this is just a conversation we had Ben on uh, from Australia. And we're just talking about how Jordan Love was drafted in the first and how first-round quarterbacks are always going to get a chance to start. And so, yeah. We we're asking, hey, should we be adding him to our roster? Because we don't know what's going to go on with Aaron Rodgers. This is before Aaron Rodgers for sure was even out. Actually got a big extension to stay in Green Bay for like two more years at the time. But this just proves that if a team drafts a quarterback in the first round, they're going to give every chance they can get and that we should probably never move off of him too early. <clears throat> so Jordan Love is doing it, uh, doing it better than I thought he would. Is he legit? Uh, I don't know. I, I have a little more faith in Brock Purdy at this point, but... Jordan Love's looking pretty good. Yeah, that would line up that that episode with uh with Ben. I know he's like a love truther. I think it was Ben. Yeah, that would, that would definitely line up. Yeah, like I I think we talked about Love last week a little bit, and I think it's appropriate to talk about him again because he continues to show you know a little bit more than I think some of us thought that he had in him. Um, and you know, just diving into the numbers a little bit, I, I wanted to see kind of what the quarterbacks were doing over the last couple of weeks, and just looking from week nine. Uh, through 13 it is now i can do sorry i was looking at this before the week 13 was over but now i have it through week 13 so week nine through week 13 and looking um quarterbacks with uh what's the threshold it's like over 100 dropbacks so just kind of filtering anybody out that was trash or <laughs> was like a backup um and we our top five quarterbacks are Dak prescott justin herbert brock purdy jordan love and cj stroud and that's uh passing grade from pff but also just looking at the numbers i mean his big throw percentage is up his adjusted completion percentage is up like that around 78.2 percent which is like way up from his uh early season numbers but you know talking about brock purdy a little bit brock purdy's number three on this list right above jordan love his adjusted completion percentage is above 80 percent which is just absurd um yeah these these guys are are pretty interesting dynasty assets um I'm definitely coming around on on both of these guys being a little bit more long term stable assets than than I previously thought, and 
yeah, I've, I've definitely besmirched Jordan Love's name quite a bit in the past, so uh, I'll, I'll do my best to continue to um, write the ship and, and kind of discuss whenever, you know, I see him on the uptick here. But yeah, I, I like what I see from both these guys. I think it's, uh, and I think it shows in the numbers too. Question. This is more football, like executive football related. Is it actually in a franchise's best interest to not let a first round quarterback not play until near the end of their rookie contract so that they could actually get a cheaper secondary contract that could potentially lock the player in for a longer future with the team, even though they have to be basically capped at a relatively high value for that first round pick, um, knowing that, you know, it has a certain range between you know, one through 32 or whatever it is. Cause he's kind of in this situation, right? Where I think they already, they already, agreed to a fifth-year option, but he is now stuck in the situation where if he performs too well, he might kind of play himself out of a big contract, if that makes sense. They'll franchise tag him again in, in a year if they have to. Uh, I mean, he could go the route of, like, say, a Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> the team has options for the next couple of years, right? I mean... They waited. They waited four years to actually see what he has, but they had an MVP in front of him. So I understand that financially. I get what you're saying. Like you want to get financially, you want to get uh, four years on a cheap quarterback contract. But what if your first round quarterback isn't actually playoff worthy until like his fourth year, right, or third or fourth year? So it is what it is. So it's a great question. Ideally, you'd want to go the Russell Wilson route, where he just steps on the scene and starts falling out, or Dak Prescott, although we don't have a Super Bowl to show for it, but started falling out immediately his rookie year, and you just start with them, and you're going with a guy who's only costing you a couple bucks. But uh, we we don't get to see these quarterbacks sit behind the starter for a very long time anymore, and the two more recent ones that I've seen have been panning out okay. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to go the way of Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a good reason because Alex Smith is a really good quarterback. Um, and Jordan Love did it for the same reason. Um, I see what you're saying from a team standpoint, but I think just in general for these kids' development, I do think that sitting uh, probably does help a little bit. All right, uh, Jake Browning, dynasty value. I could tell you what I got an offer for him today. Someone offered me Jake Browning and Rashad White. I call him Rashad White um, for a 24 first. So whatever, whatever <laughs> that means, what? I think Jake Browning, you know, uh, long-term, there's not a whole lot of value. For the rest of the year, there's probably some value there. Like, you probably, I'd send a third form if I lost all my starting quarterbacks, like probably some teams have. Yeah, I think that's the right take. Someone was actually texting me today, and I that's exactly what I told him. I was like, you have him, try and sell him for a third. I think that's probably the most you're going to be able to get for him. He's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think I can only get a fourth. And I was like, nah, I think you can get a third, try and get a third. And I think that's about what market value is right now. Chase Brown sighting. What did he actually finish with? Like nine for sixty-one, I believe, was the uh, total. Yeah, I was looking for this. Is okay. Yeah, that. I mean, that's not bad. Like I, and this is like really the first time he's actually gotten decent usage, and he was by far the most effective rusher on the team in in terms of. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, they they chuck. Joe Mixon in the end zone twice per usual, but like I know, I know he was wholly ineffective. He 
three and a half yards a carry. Like, I look, I'm not yards per carry guy or anything like that, but you could look at any of the numbers, uh, advanced metrics on it. It's going to look poor for mixing because he's just an inefficient runner at this point, inefficient workhorse, volume-based running back. Um, I think Chase Brown looked really, really sharp. So um, I don't think, you know, this season's a tough one because you got Jake Browning behind center. So I think the upside is only um, – it's only as far as, I guess, Jake Browning is going to take them. But going into next year, there's – I mean, there's no doubt that Mixon's going to be out, right? Like, unless he takes some, like, uber team-friendly deal, which yeah, I mean, it could happen, but I assume he's going to go out there and get a little bit of money from some other team. Probably going to have a mixture of Chase Brown and some other, you know, free agent running back, but he'll definitely be more involved next year. So he's he's a buy for me, and I think you could definitely get him for less than a second round pick uh, between now and next year. I think Mixon could. <laughs> it's going to be extreme comment, but I think Mixon could find himself in like running back two territory next year on a team. Oh, for sure, he like Dalvin yeah. Cook esque, like just yeah, off exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think based on performance plus. Um, current running back market situation there's a there's even a chance that he might not even sign right away be, given that he probably wants to get paid and yeah. i think he's gonna be putting himself in a pretty uh precarious situation uh if he does do a team-friendly deal i think he'll get usage in cincinnati but if he wants to shop the market uh there's a chance that mixon's fantasy value is gone completely after this year i think there's a very good chance that his career takes the career path here of uh Zeke Elliott, where he waits until way late in the season to sign somewhere and sign somewhere and is just kind of a complimentary piece. A bum. Tw- stop it. 24, <laughs> stop it. 24 random second or oops, 24 random for, second or Mixon. Or for, Mixon. for Mixon? I'd take a Which second one? right now. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd take a second. I wouldn't buy him. Even if you're contending? If you're contending, sure. Sure. Honestly, like two ten, two eleven, sure. If I'm a contender, I might sell Mixon for a second. Like I might, it, it honestly, like, it, it, if unless I des, unless I desperately need a Mixon, but in my head, like right now, I don't have any Mixon. But in my head, if I had him on a team, I'd be like, wow, I don't think this is sustainable. Like I, I this two touchdown game is not going to happen again. And you know what I mean? Like it, maybe it does once, but like I just don't think that that's something that you should be betting on. So. Um, I think you should be getting out now, almost no matter what your team looks like. And of course, you know, like Jake said, if you have depth, it's much easier to do so. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience where I have Joe Mixon <laughs> and James Conner. So, aka my running back room is dead. But still, like, <laughs> that's, I feel like you should be getting rid of these guys. Even so, because, like, what's going to happen when they lose all value? Then you can't get rid of them. And then what's I hear the point? you, but, but it's unless like, you're, unless you're like, Definitely, like, these guys are going to take me to the ship. We'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, this one, Parker Washington sighting. Great, cool. Wait, wait, why, like, why you got to do him like that? I feel I like looked good. he looked good. And also, yep. he was like, if I went, I didn't pull up my uh, my my rookie, um, what's it called, the, the film grades, but I know that he was, like, way up there for me, at least in the, definitely a top 10, like, probably top eight or so. Um, in terms of film grades, I really like Parker Washington. He was also like a, Look at that <laughs> he was also right like a Debbie, down. a Debbie darling coming out of, uh, coming out of Penn state. 
and and I think like he lost lost a bit of love. I think size and all that stuff. But he looked good, man. Christian Kirk goes out, and that catch for a touchdown was pretty nice. You know, the concentration and all that. So um, I don't know. He ended at like six catches for sixty yards and a touchdown. I, I yeah. think there might be might be a little something there. Maybe. Yeah, there's some there's some leagues that I'm in that he's not even on a roster right now in Dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Snatch that man up. All right. <laughs> Ch- Chubba Wubba. Yeah, so we, we actually <laughs> talked about Chubba Hubbard. I remember during like the draft, uh, pre-draft process, me and Billy were, were kind of working through this. And I, oh, who did we have? We had uh, Lindellians on. And she was talking because what Chubba came from uh, the, 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 the college version of the Cowboys. So what was that, Oklahoma? Oklahoma State. Yes, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he was Oklahoma State, and he was pretty highly touted prospect for until his senior year. Basically, his senior year, he until he blew his knee out. Yeah, and then uh, he didn't really do anything in the NFL. <clears throat> but he took the job from Miles Sanders. I was just asking; I had to ask, like, is like Miles Sanders actually injured? And Jake's like, nah, like he's he's healthy. He just <laughs> Chuba took the job, so his ego's injured. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, Chuba, Chuba, are you interested in him? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I'd be more interested in selling him. I think that's really the only direction you should be looking at this from. He might be worth like holding for the playoff run. Uh, I, I, you know, I think more worth holding than like Mixon is for the playoff run. Um, but I'd probably still sell for something similar, like second, like a second round pick. You know, whatever. I, I'm I'm pretty concerned about that that whole team moving forward. To be completely honest, and the, the way that they're built, Carolina, I'm just not entirely excited about what their future looks like, regardless of who they hire as a head coach. So I don't know that running back room, that offensive line outside of uh, toss it all in there. Yeah, literally the wide receiver. Like you can keep going. You know, talk, talk about tossing yourself out. You know, Mingo just jumping out of bounds. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah how does that even happen it doesn't it doesn't happen to a normal athlete but it's 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 mingo and at the end of the day you just have to accept it but yeah i i I don't want anything to do with that team personally not yet that's fair Fair. uh devon a chan is back and pronounced that right that's good i did i I tried to i mean i like a chain a whole lot better but he yeah. has to be pronounced A-Chan, so I'm going to be yeah. respectful and call him A-Chan. Yeah, he's back. He looked good. Uh, any healthy running back that's, again, being coached by that uh, Mike McDaniels, like, I want a piece of that. So welcome back, uh, tiny one. I want to look at his KTC value real quick. I think he's still pretty high up there in terms of, of value. Um, does it size concern you guys, given, you know, just him – Reaggravating injury immediately and all that stuff. I know he got like a lot of garbage time touches here too. This wasn't early on in the yeah. game, um, so I know you know most are still going to be plenty involved. He's RB five, by the way. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. Like <laughs> that's pretty, that's fucking insanely high. Yeah, like I, language. I, does anybody here like buy that price? No, no. So we're selling yeah. a chain. Yeah, I am. Yeah, there's. I don't think what he does is remotely sustainable at all. I think that this whole new dynasty outlook on these like tiny running back dudes who have basically zero weight to them 
they're just not pliable for the NFL. And call me old school, call call me, you know, dilapidated in the brain. I don't know. <laughs> but but dude, like there's no way that him or Keaton Mitchell have long standing careers in the NFL. I just don't see it. I agree. He's sitting around guys like Devonta Smith, Brock Purdy, <laughs> Travis Etienne, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. TJ Hawkinson, Puka Nakua. Superflex, trade HN for Purdy. And just go to bed and know that you did a good thing. Who's doing that trade, though? I, like, I is know. anyone doing that trade? KTC yeah, but I bet. I bet. Yeah, the KTC people are for sure. I bet you guys. <laughs> That's what's 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 crazy is like we like to think that that's like you know one percent of our league. It's like eighty percent of our league is like KTC folks. Just so yeah, I know, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like most of the yeah, people yeah. in our leagues are like are wheeling and dealing, just like not even considering. That's like that's like Dolphins home hometown truther ratings, in my opinion. Like yeah. there's no way that devonta smith or devon h like that's just crazy to me people love the game breaker stuff you know like if you're if you have that game breaker in you that that elite upside yeah superstar x factor in, in madden yeah. yeah exactly yeah sure yeah it's real it's real okay yeah let's get off this topic this all right jsn <laughs> jackson smith and jigba on the rise yeah a uh he hasn't quite taken the job from locket like some might have wanted or whatever but they're using them a lot more they're using them uh, different ways than they have. Like they're letting him run uh, more sophisticated routes, uh, and he's just making plays. Like he's gaining trust with the quarterback there. Not sure the quarterback there will be there next year, but I don't think that really matters. Like JSN is really good, and it's nice to see him uh, post injury and everything else that started the beginning of the season with him to kind of come back and start to hit. So wheels up on JSN. In around wide receiver sixteen right now on KTC. Uh, you're talking about ahead of Michael Pittman, Stefan Diggs, say Flowers, just behind Addison, Tank Dell, DK Metcalf. So he's a little high. <clears throat> it's a little high. It's a little high. I, I, I don't think it's... Yeah, me too. I, I think that his value has taken a slight spike after the last couple of weeks, but it was insanely high coming out of the rookie draft based on what I'm looking at. And like, we're talking close to wide receiver nine, 10 numbers, which is uh, a bit insane. So this is just more so things I think evening out to probably where he should have sat post rookie draft. Um, but you know, Puka Nakua a couple weeks ago on KTC was like wide receiver seven. So hmm. make that make sense. Looks like we missed the boat, the buy window on JSN. That is, I think so. That is shut. Yeah. About two or three weeks ago was the the big buy window. I think. That's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I love that comment. <laughs> All right, uh, CD Lamb. This is a good question. Um, man, was this Joe was asking about this? No, uh, Ben. 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 It was Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CD Lamb in the same tier with yeah. Justin Jefferson and Chase. And all bias and homers aside, I think I think what I think Jake had said this actually. I think they're in the same tier, but CD Lamb is at the bottom of that tier, and I totally agree. Like I don't see how you could, I don't see how you could take him out of that tier, especially with the quarterback situations, and everything else there. Like CD Lamb has turned into an absolute dog this year. How is it that the two top wide receivers have lost their quarterbacks? <laughs> Both 
Chase and Jefferson lost their quarterbacks. That's just, I, I didn't even kind of put that together. I know. In my head. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I'm trying to think why we don't consider him the same as those guys at this point, right? Because I feel like he finally hit his stride. Like, this is what, we, like, he's finally hitting kind of the, the volume, the target shares that you look for in those. <laughs> I don't think any biases aside in the, in those, you know, top options, those, you know, wide receiver one, two, three overall territory, um, really wide receiver one, two territory kind of thing. And I think he's hit that he has the quarterback for it. I don't think either one of them are going anywhere. So I think we should kind of consider him in that, in that same tier. Um, I think we all said this, or we were kind of talking around it in the discord that like, I don't think there's any reason to trade one for the other necessarily at this point they're all about the same i guess i mean yeah if you get plus on any plus on either you know any of them i guess that's what you would do but we had the same conversation about uh chase and jj just like why would anybody want to trade either unless you could absolutely get something plus on top because it's essentially the same to me sorry jake no no you're good and to that point you know there was a trade earlier that was discussed. I think it was while Billy was out, but it was actually a Billy trade in D1 where it was JJ straight up for Chase, right? And like in that circumstance, it makes a ton of sense because one team's tanking, the other team's trying to compete. Like that's the type of situation where you'd move laterally uh, in terms of value. But um, going back to the, you know, the deep philosophical question that Billy presented, why does like, why do people uh, view CD Lamb as lesser than? I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people are obsessed with points in an individual game. And if you look back to specifically last year and the year before, um, when you look at guys like Chase and Justin Jefferson, they're very consistently hovering around that like 20 point per game mark, but like literally they're scoring 20 points per game, not on average. Um, Whereas a guy like CD has a lot more boom and busts in previous years this is probably the first year where you're starting to see more consistent um higher scoring point games and i think that's why he's starting to get more credit but the reality is is that the talent's always been there obviously he's been dealing unfortunately with some dac injuries over the last two seasons so that's going to affect how you know productive he's going to be cooper rush is not Dak prescott <laughs> so you know it's it's a it's a tough situation unless he's playing the giants and then therefore cooper rush plays like Dak prescott but <laughs> i think that's probably the reality behind you know why the general consensus has always been kind of off of cd which i don't think is a legitimate argument i think you're right it took it took a cd a couple of years to actually quote-unquote break out whereas chase and jefferson came out the gate the rookie year yeah i i think it's also possible that like maybe they were slightly more ready NFL ready. And there was something about CD and I, not necessarily technique wise or anything like that, but something about CD coming out that I think has completely changed this year specifically is his size. Like he looks like he put on weight. He, he looks thicker. Mm-hmm. He looks yeah. like he can sustain, you know, physicality in the NFL. And that was something I didn't see as much coming out. And I, it was funny. I noticed it. I think watching on maybe Thanksgiving or this last week, I forgot, but I was watching, I was like, he looks thicker and he looks just like a, a little bit more stout out there, a little bit more prepared. And that touchdown catch he had in this last game where he, you know, kind of spun around a little acrobatic catch. Like those are like that. That's not something every wide receiver can do. Track that ball, 
you know, turnaround catch. Like, like that, seeing that catch, that's a superstar kind of catch. And I just think he's really coming into his own. So just wanted to kind of those more like eye test things. Like you can really see it kind of happening for him. Completely unrelated, not on the sheet, but I just want to call out, there was a similar moment happened twice um, with Devonta Smith this past weekend. Obviously they got blown out of the water, but there were two receptions that he made where he put his shoulder down into a corner. I've never seen that dude do anything like that before. (laughs) One of them, he no joke actually pushed the corner back on the second one. He kind of bounced off of him and then went out of bounds. But you know, seeing that type of elevation in, in a player's game, those are the moments where I'm, in my mind, I'm marking it off. I know I kind of keep notes, unfortunately, during during games like that so that <laughs> yeah. I can remember yeah. when those players are making kind of that transition that you don't see those types of plays before. Now, obviously, the, the real test for players like that is going to be, can they stay consistent? Can they continue to bring that into their game? Or was it, you know, he was just lit up for a big game because that's you know that's basically the nfc championship in in his mind so is that why he's doing it or is he going to be doing that now every single week if he can do it every single week then he's adding a lot to his game yeah we should have put jake ferguson on here but we could talk about him next week because that dude was acting like a dog out there yeah no no he was looking good he got he had a great game six or seven and a touchdown or something like that i like i like the feistiness with like jamal adams and he's just like Right in his face, first, you know, and then he caught the touchdown and like stared him down. I was like, oh, we we've talked a good bit about Jake Ferguson on here. I think I think Jake and I actually maybe more so than you even believe that he's kind of the tight end there, uh, you know, the tight end one there for the future. And I think that he's a, a legit fantasy option going forward. Man. Yeah, he's good. All right, Michael Pittman, dynasty value. Yeah. I I don't know. He's he's performing really well. I mean, it's obviously with Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, it's not always going to be like this necessarily in terms of the the passes that are coming his way and, and the kind of balls he's seeing. But I think he's going to be an indie for a while, which should, you know, he's going to have a stable quarterback situation. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor there, it's just a good team and he should be receiving, you know, eight to 10 targets a game pretty much. And he's does pretty well with those when he gets them. So, you know, he's valued around that JSN range. We were just looking at KTCS all in that area. I don't know. Like, is anybody here a buyer of Michael Pittman? Do they want him on their team? I just find myself never wanting him on my team for some reason. I I see him in the same uh, paradoxical universe as Aniko Collins, in my opinion. Uh, he's a guy that I think fits a certain situation really, really well. But I think if you want them to kind of move up into like that next tier of receiver, you're going to be very, very let down. So as long as you're comfortable with the range of values that he's performing at right now, I think this is kind of his ceiling. Brennan, Ayuk in a second or Pittman? Ayuk in a second, I think. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Pretty, pretty comfortably there. Ayuk in a second. Um, cool. What about Zay Flowers in a second? Zay Flowers. Yeah. Yeah, that one I have more hesitation on, but yeah, say flowers in a second. I made that trade with Josh in console wars. I traded uh, Pittman to him for Ayuk in a second. I love that. I, like I that love that trade. A lot. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Josh. It's okay. I trade away Ayuk for nothing, so it doesn't matter. Not for nothing. I know what you traded away for. It was to me. Christian, Christian Watson, Watson and yeah. Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, <laughs> Those, for those one hamstring guys. he caught me when i was hamstring. down <laughs> i was down and depressed i'm like whatever here you go billy have it i don't care oh my god <laughs> <laughs> one hamstring in in two hands 
Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, last one, Michael. Sorry, Michael Pittman or twenty-four <laughs> mid first. Oh, I'd probably take I'd probably take Pittman there probably. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't see why. Not. Can Can you give me Can you give me the actual pick? Because I think anything one hundred six down, I'm taking anything. Romo one... Dunze or Michael Pittman. A Dunze. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I, I think I'm. I think I. I would be like, I'd take. I'd send a late first for Michael Pittman, probably. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, I think that's where, right. where I go to. Okay. All right. Uh, next two are kind of the same. Sell Henry. Yes, just do it. <laughs> Sell Derek Henry. I mean, it's it's kind of like, it, I feel like it's the obligatory moment. Like, he just had two touchdowns, and albeit he was injured, I think the news is coming around on him. He's going to play in week 14. Sell yeah, the man. Like, here's your opportunity for, like, the folks out there, the, the dude who I saw at the party who's like, no, like, I don't want to sell Henry. Don't don't be, you know, uh <laughs> I'm trying to try to think of the word for this, but uh, you can't sell yeah, him this time next year. Just don't be tricked by, you know, this game and think like, oh, I got got my league winner here. I got like what like yeah, he could be part of the, the league winning team for sure. But um if you can, I would move him right off of this game. Like this is the exact game you've been waiting for. Yeah. Uh and then the next one, time to sit, Eckler. Like this is this this is more specific. I don't mean I mean like if you have Eckler, are you sitting him for like almost any like he's been abysmal, like unstartable. Are you are you just still just putting him out there like start your studs or are you going different options? If you can't sell him, you gotta start him. Yeah, that's the way I look at it too. Like wow. he's he's gonna he's gonna have to hit sooner or later, right? He puts like, up a twenty five point game on your bench, you're gonna hate yourself. Like the thing you need to do is try to move him for someone who's putting up some type of points. And if you can't, you have to start him. And you've made it this far into the season, considering that you still have him on your team, you're a contender. Like your team is obviously good enough around him that you want those points when he hits. So I'd rather just continue to take that hit than put in fucking Antonio Gibson. <laughs> you know, like I would that, much that would be the, the that, that is what I'm thinking though. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like an Antonio Gibson type play over him is that okay? So we're not there yet. All right, not me just, How horrible would you feel? I'm not there either. I still think that. Yeah. I honestly still think that they scored six points I know, against I know. the lowly Patriots. All right, now granted, our defense is and won the damn game. Yeah, and won the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> right down to the last minute, it was it was a one score game. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, it was so bad. Oh man, can you believe on Thursday night football they're they're putting out there, uh, Matt, not Mac Jones. It's going to be Bailey Zappi and who are they playing? It's another quarterbackless team uh, this Thursday. Oh my God, I just I can't believe the the atrocity we're about to be witnessing. But um. I think that there's a lot more going on. Steelers. It's the Steelers. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky against against Bailey Zappi. Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime. You better use those advanced views <laughs> yo, because yo, you're going to next-gen stats, baby. Who's the announcer that's there? It's, uh, oh, it, it's the old time. Yeah, but he's going he's, he's gonna to hang himself, bro. <laughs> he, he must hate those games, especially this one. He's like, what am I here for? What is this? But uh, sorry, it's Kirk Herbst- Herb Street and him, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, Jim it's Nance, Jim Nance, right? Jim Nance and and Kurt. Herb no, Street. no, it's is not. It? Jim, no, not Jim Nance. Uh, Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Right? Sorry, Al Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Jim, Jim Nance. Nance. He doesn't deserve to be dragged like that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, I think that the 
I think that the uh, there's a lot more going on than Eckler being washed, but that doesn't change the fact that he sucks this entire time. So, um, yeah, there's there's nothing good about the situation. So Kellen Moore is the problem. I think injury is a big part of the problem. I think their offensive line sucks. So, no, I, I just I I just know how hard the Dallas Cowboys fans went super super <laughs> in on on Kellen Moore being the you know the savior. They got rid of him, and now he their came offense in looks fantastic. and gave us three straight. Offensive number one seasons with that, like I don't know if it's if it's sorry I don't know if it's his fault. I know that Brandon Staley's fault. That's what I'll say. Oh, absolutely. But he's going to probably go with them, right? So honestly, yeah. I could see Kellen Moore being interim head coach. I think things mm-hmm. turn around there. They're not going to fire Staley. I don't think. No, nah, but they should. That's yeah, a terrible fucking organization. Like, yeah, they're going to make the wrong decision like every time. Anyway, sorry, I I didn't mean to bring up that but i meant to no I, mean, I expected way better things with kellen moore yeah. and like uh you see it from my fan base like oh Dak was the one that made kellen moore like a head coach candidate it's like well no i like the kid's good like he's groomed to be an nfl head coach like i don't know what's going on there and i blame staley straight up 100 percent, and the offensive line or and justin herbert's the problem I'm kidding. Maybe right, let's let's keep moving. We're not allowed to say Herbert sucks yet. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this this will be a two hour pod if we go down that road. All right, so that's what we learned. Let's talk about a segment we did last week, which is just fun talking about regular dynasty stuff. That's not so week to week important, or or even not important, but underdog under the hood. So here's a question. Fear of making another trade to fix a poor one. Uh, Do any of you ever have that fear? No. No. I just I try to forget I ever made a poor one and then just like, <laughs> let it roll. And then I don't talk about it for a year and be like, oh, oops. But I, I, I in, in reality, I don't let a, a trade that I make that like kind of turned out bad to deter me from trying to make another trade somewhere else. But. Yeah, and I, I feel like, I, I don't want to speak for Uriah, but I feel like Uriah's actually done a really good job with this, especially this year, where, you know, maybe he might lose an individual trade in the interim, but he wants to sell that asset as soon as they're looking better in that immediate future, which I think is exactly how you get out of those types of situations. So even if you sell an asset that is booming on someone else's team, whatever you received back, even if you're not a huge fan of whatever it is, um, trying to get off of it as fast as possible is probably going to be your best bet because the drop in the market isn't going to be that exaggerative. It can drop, obviously, pretty quickly, but there's a stronger chance of you losing even more on that asset if you don't like it, if you continue to hold it. Like, I won't I won't say any names, but there's definitely guys out there that you can hold for too long and they're going to be basically nothing. So you could have given up, i.e. like a Brandon Ayuk, for instance. I'm sorry. But, you know, could have given up a Brandon Ayuk, for instance, and, you know, stuck with Judy and Watson. Potentially, those two guys could be close to minimal value by the end of next season. So what do you do? You try and get out of them as fast as possible. And I know that's something that you've been trying to do, which I give you a lot of credit for. Yeah, that's that, that's actually it's a really good point because console wars was not necessarily that trade. There was other trades I was thinking about, but that's actually a good example of me fixing trades that I was disappointed in myself for um and and apologize for uriah kind of at his expense (laughs) there but um you know kind of i had just made a trade for watson and i was like wow like i don't like watson like why did i just do that so then i tried to go and you know i kind of 
and that was off of another trade that I had made, I think, that I didn't like before that. And I was kind of just like churning, churning, churning till I finally, you know, it, it kind of fell into place the way I wanted it to. Um, and I'm not saying always just kind of like do that and keep going because there's risk to that as well. But I, I do think that, you know, you, you make a move and you recognize that it was, you know, not an advantageous move for yourself. You, you can't be afraid. You can't sit back and be like, all right, I can't, I just, I shouldn't trade. I shouldn't make it like, that's the worst thing you, you can do. Um, you know, you kind of got to build your, your resume somehow. And, and I think, you know, some of those mistakes are, are just part of the game and, and part of getting better. So yeah, you got to roll with the punches. All right. Uh, this is a good one. I think probably Jake had this question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the douchey language in the question. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll pose it to the both of you. I'm kind of stuck in the situation where I'm really trying to wrap my head around what I should be doing. Uh, what's the price of saving your season? And that can kind of be looked at in a couple different ways, but let's just think of it in a standard dynasty landscape. Uh, do you have a barometer to how far away you're willing to sell your future to potentially win a singular championship in the immediate? Pretty far. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to go pretty far, but it, it definitely like, it's, this is a, a tricky question, right? Because there's no real like, cutoff line that exists that I can tell you like this is the 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 amount of trade value points I'm willing to give up and then I'm it's my cutoff you know what I mean like that's not that's not really how it works it's definitely very situational and uh yeah it's it's a very tough question but for me like I just don't want to put myself in a situation where um like I have one or two teams like this very very few teams like this but DU2 is a really good example of where I gave up too much future value in general and it's always to win in my opinion i mean you're not making that many moves to lose right like unless you're tanking that's a whole different story so you know i'm making moves to win i'm trying to you know switch my quarterback and and kind of making moves too fast um but giving up a lot of future value in doing so and putting myself in a position where i don't have future picks i don't have good players in terms of like especially like say your quarterback position or something in a super flex league you put yourself really behind the eight ball in that, in that perspective. Right. So you have to be really careful. Um, so I guess more when I'm looking at these things, it's really the assets that I'm trading for. I think the lesson I've taught myself is they need to be super stable assets. Like if I'm trying to go get an asset, um, that I'm going to be spending a lot of future value on, I think a good example of this is trading my future first for Keenan Allen to you in DU three, right? Like I know what I'm getting in Keenan Allen. Like as long as he's healthy, I'm getting 20, plus points a game pretty much right like that's that's what i'm getting out of him and i i know that i'm probably not going to regret that that first too much even if i lose the championship kind of like i just i know make the championship make the championship right i think that's kind of part of the equation to me is kind of the asset i'm getting back but yeah i i don't know it's also like calculating your your chances of actually winning right like if i think the roster is that good then i care a lot less about what i'm giving up in the future because to me the title really matters that much like i'm i'm willing to really give up a good deal to secure a title it's hard to get there man it's hard to win a title yeah no absolutely and i feel like the reason i came up with this question is i have racked my head around my du2 team to probably uh, a fault. I am consistently an overanalyzer of a lot of things in my life, especially fantasy football. And that specific roster, when I go back to that startup, um, the startup draft that is, 
was by far probably the worst draft of any team in that year, which is crazy to say because, you know, there's 11 other teams. Someone else had to have been worse. If you look back at what I drafted to what I have now, I think I currently have like five or six assets because either the guys have already aged out or they were so bad of picks that I was thankfully able to trade out of them. But I was still competitive in year one. Unfortunately, due to quarterback injuries, I ended up flopping out in the second round. And very well could be in that same situation moving into year two or finishing out year two. So I'm kind of in that mindset of what do I need to give up to make sure that I win now to ensure the fact that I can at least say that I won one of the years because there's a strong chance that after this year, I'm going to have to go into teardown mode and make sure that things look good in you know year four or five. But what is that, you know, what okay. is that level of Yeah. No, that extremity? that makes that makes a lot more sense. Like I think context matters a lot. And in that situation, I'm a lot less likely to try to go all in because it's it's a much more fragile situation, right? Like you're you're yeah. almost in teardown mode anyway. So in those, like I've had teams like that where I'm like, all right, like maybe I'll try to go acquire like a very cheap piece or something like that and help myself out. But I don't want to give up too much future value because that's likely where I'm going to be taking this team anyway. And that's the stuff I'm going to need. So I don't want to make it harder for myself to have to go get more of that anyway. Yep. So in that case, I like, sometimes I'm just, cause like, you never know, like that team could ride it out and win. Like all it takes yeah. is a couple games. So on paper, technically the team is the best in the league, right? Like I, on yeah, I know, average, I know that team. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, sadly, that's how weird that league is. And due to injuries, like uh, on paper, that team technically is probably uh, given that I also didn't have Justin Jefferson or James Conner for most of the season. It's almost like getting a trade at the end of the year with having both those <laughs> yeah. guys available. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't really have high hopes with Josh Dobbs. Um, I had to throw that in there, but you know, <laughs> that's the type of thing that I'm like very mentally concerned about moving forward. It's just like, how do I kind of piecemeal this? Cause I've already kind of traded away my future in terms of picks as well. Um, I did send away my 25th first basically for James Conner and Keenan Allen very early in the season, which it's I think a was a huge dub, I mean, a great, huge dub. Right. And so like being able to like, look back at that is great, but it's like, if I did that and it's all for naught and I didn't win, then what the fuck did I give up my future for? You know? Yeah, I mean, James Conner, you're going to lose that. But I think in the end, like, you could probably get something back for Keenan. I, I We underestimate, like, the liquidity of some of these assets the year after. Mm-hmm. Like, unless Keenan Allen tears an ACL, like, he's going God to... Forbid. Yes, yes, he's, knock on wood. <laughs> he's going to have uh, another year of his career left, and you're going to be able to trade him for something most likely. That's fair. You know, not, not at first. I'm not saying that, but it's you're going to be able to swing something. So I... My point being, like, I just, I'd be very careful on those kind of rosters with how much I'm willing to invest into it, knowing that I'm going to have to tear it down anyway. It's it's a lot kind of like the trade of, uh, I told you, I like, you're going to create work for yourself. It's like, yep. you kind of have to know what you're getting into and, and kind of tell yourself, yeah, like, I might be screwing myself here and be okay with that. For me, like, with that team, I'm just less likely to do that. Um, cool. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Last one here is... This is a quick one. It's a quick one. Yeah, this is, um, I'll, I'll talk about it real quick because I threw it in here. But this is John Bosch, ever controversial on 
on on X or on Twitter or whatever, but he was basically saying that he is getting ready to, uh, what do you say? Um, removing tanking rules is something he's been discussing recently and potentially moving to um, in some of his leagues this offseason. I guess what he's saying is like, doesn't care like max point like the the playoffs and everything is set up how it's set up right like if you want to not start any good players or you want to completely just throw games like he doesn't care tank how you want to tank do what you want to do and like to the to the uh argument of like you know well you know i'm i'm competing against him and he was trying earlier in the year and now he's not so the guy that you know, my opponent who I'm, who I'm fighting for a playoff spot with, he's going to get an easy win. And he's like, well, maybe you should just take care of your own business. You know what I mean? And, and get your ass in the playoffs. Like, that's kind of his argument there. What are your guys' thoughts on on that while I grab my charger? I, I think for me, the biggest takeaway is really just making sure that you have your own team set up. Like, I don't really, I th- we've actually found this with a, a DU league this year where there was uh, a situation where tanking was attempting to happen, I think, question mark. Someone <laughs> thought they were tanking but didn't know how to tank and they like intentionally benched all their players and then didn't realize that it was down to possible points that was the real measurement. Like in the grand scheme of things, like the record is is really a load of shit. So it's like, you know, if you put out a bad enough team at the end of the day, even though that's your best team, then I, and the way I look at it, like that's the proper way to tank. If you're putting out a middling team and you think you can still somehow get that 101 and you fail, like that's on you for putting out a middling team instead of a tanking team. Like, I don't I think the rest of it's really just optics. Um, if you want to win games off of teams that are competing, then put out your best team. If you don't, then don't set up your team. Like, I don't really see how any of that really matters. And a lot of dynasty leagues, leagues are kind of in that hovering of like six to seven teams compete. And then the bottom five teams are in that weird fight for, for tank, um, unless it's a startup. And then a lot of startups are kind of like all over the place. That's how I've always kind of seen it. Like when you look at the same kind of percentages in a real NFL league, it's kind of similar. Like there's a group of teams that you know are going to suck ass. There are the Giants, the Patriots, the Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals. Like there are those organizations over the last however many years. It doesn't have to be the same organizations. They're always going to exist at the bottom tier of the league because quarterback situation, something else is going on with the org, coach turnover, whatever it is. It's the same shit in dynasty football, like fantasy football. Like you have to understand that that's going to happen. There's always going to be a team that's looking to the future to attempt to compete. So, you know, putting in a a legal roster to me isn't going to prevent a team from tanking. If you're properly tanking, your team better lose every fucking game because your team is properly tanking or you just use possible points and it removes all of that. At the end of the day, you can still be six and six and have the lowest possible points and deserve the 101 yeah i mean i got i don't really have a whole lot to add there it's i'm fine with it remove the tanking rules altogether that's perfectly fine you could have a you know a middling team sitting on your bench and then what did you earn you earned the 101 the 101 is very rarely ever going to change your team so uh the proper way to tank is to move assets and acquire multiple picks and uh things like that and if you're doing that then 
the team that you would have out there as a starting roster probably isn't going to win in the first place. So I think it's like what Billy said, it's like optics, like who cares? I guess my question, and the only question that really matters, and it could be a quick answer from both of you, but do, does it bother you if a team, like if you're fighting for the playoffs and a team, and you need another team to win or whatever, or lose rather, and the team they're going against is just like, sitting all their players like do you care about that or are you just kind of like thinking to yourself i should have just done better that shit happens in the nfl right where teams yeah, yeah. clinch yeah. clinch certain spots in playoffs and they'll start out a fucking b squad in the last game <laughs> and you know that team is now playing against a team that's trying to get a wild card spot guess what all the other wild card teams i'm sure they're pissed but get you don't get to control that shit dude like it's not your yeah. matchup to control it isn't your team you aren't the manager of that other person's team. So like, that's the way I see it. Let someone else manage their team however they want. If they want to give that other person a win, like it isn't to spite you. Well, maybe it is. You know what? Maybe you suck ass <laughs> in trading. Like maybe, maybe they don't like you as a person. I don't know. But that isn't my problem. You know, manage your uh, relationships better. Well said. All right, I let's move it. on to some trades and non-trades <laughs> and get to hell. I love the energy. I love it. Um, maybe they do. Here. Maybe they don't like you. <laughs> We're, we're, please, please, please don't quote that. I don't, I don't no, know that's, like, that's like that's like. Oh no no! Part. I'm definitely cutting that up and posting that on Twitter for for sure. That's going out there. All right, trades. Who's got this? All right, this was mine. Actually, this happened this morning. Um, I sent out a couple offers last night because I I realized like I was losing Derek Carr, um, down to one quarterback and Russell Wilson, and and this league is a unique situation where I'm currently. I think the fifth seed, but in our leagues, this is uh, DU2. In our leagues, the fifth and sixth seed get in on points. So if I want to get into the playoffs, I have to win my game, but I also need some help. I need the I need the uh, fourth place team to lose as well, and they're going up against the number one team in the league. So I know I have a shot here, or the current number one team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was trying to think of who that was. Sorry. No, I'm not the number it's one not team. You. I'm number, I know I'm the number two team. I just beat the number one team, but yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Well, I need, I need Snoopy, the number one team. That's David. I need him to, to beat actually Jesse. Um, and if that happens and I win my game, I'll, I'll flip into fourth place. So I really thought to myself, like, I need a quarterback here, um, an extra quarterback here. Uh, to put in my super flex spot. So I traded Daniel Jones, who was on my IR, uh, third round pick and Jerry Judy for Matthew Stafford. What do you think? Uh, it was necessary. I don't think you're giving up that much in the grand nah, scheme of really. things. I, I, I've said it. I'll say it again. I'm not a big fan of Jerry Judy, and he's probably the best asset on that side of the trade. I don't think Daniel Jones, unfortunately, has a very prolonged career just due to health reasons, honestly. I, I think I do think physically as a, as a player, he's totally fine. I think he'd probably have a nice eight to 10 year career, but not as a starter in the league. Um, yeah. Take the guy who you probably can get a good potentially two or three more seasons out of Matt Stafford. So yeah. He's I what? 35, right? He's 35. Go. Yeah. Two, yeah, three think, more years. He's talking, you're talking about like 38, 39 years old. There, there's a total chance unless he gets his neck fucked up again, but yeah. Yeah. It's always um, a risk. I think I, uh, Jake and I like it more than you do, Billy. So yeah, yeah, no, you do. Everybody likes it more than I do. Like I literally, I came into the chat immediately and I was like, I don't like what I just did. But um, he accepted it so fast, I felt like I actually could have got it. <laughs> oh for yeah, less. yeah, oh that's you know the what worst I mean? feeling. So yeah. maybe that was part of it, where I was like, I probably could have sent like 
Judy in the third, you know, and, and held on to the asset that is DJ. Not that that matters that much, but like, anyway, I could have done something else, but I, it's not even that. It's just like this better, this better work. <laughs> like, I think that's what I thought in my head. I'm like, this better work out. But I think you guys are right. I'm souring on Jerry Judy. And that's really the story of this trade for me is that I think I finally come to a point where I'm like, I'm like, and obviously I was slowly getting there with the Christian Watson, Jerry Judy trade, like mo- moving him in that, that trade kind of was me like test, you know, toe in the water. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about done here. And now this is kind of me fully getting out. I think that was my last, um, my last, uh, what's share of Judy. And, uh, I just don't like, it's really disheartening, um, concerning, uh, discouraging. I think that's what I'm looking for. Discouraging watching him play with Russell Wilson and not do anything. Like I know he had a really long catch in that last game, but if he didn't have that, he would have had two catches for like 15 yards. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. Like he, you know, Cortland Sutton's out here balling every single week and Jerry Judy's just not really showing up and it, it's, it can't be much else but the player. So you know, at this point, when you see this much product or this little production over this many years, it's generally not good historically for uh, a, a player's overall success, uh, fantasy wise. So I'm out. You want to know something really funny about the trade? Sorry, I I was thinking back. Unfortunately, this is how my brain works. I was thinking back. I'm pretty sure, and I looked it up that Maverick at one point did you guys trade Daniel Jones? Like, yeah, you he traded Daniel Jones to me. Uh, <laughs> in the offs early in the off season i remember i remember as okay. this was i knew what i was doing here too um but yeah he traded me daniel jones and it was actually he got like i did you do you know do you have the trade I, in front of you i don't have it but it, it was a lot if i remember correctly it was like i traded a, a lot like i yeah. think i gave brandon cooks a first and something else i think too for daniel jones uh, yeah, yeah it was right. not a good trade i've i've made some i really i'll tell you what putting yourself behind the a ball at quarterback um in a super flex league makes you do some some really uh terrible things yep. disgusting things and uh, i've done more disgusting things in this league than i'm willing <laughs> that i'd like to admit <laughs> sorry i just wanted to call that out because i know you, that was, that was you nailed it yeah. you nailed it yeah it was bad oh mm. I, I have it right here it was baker mayfield tony pollard brandon cooks and the one oh, that's bad that's bad <laughs> yeah that's really bad hey but now you have stafford so but now you have but this stafford is what i'm saying for, you, you got to keep that. you got to keep Hey, but like at some point, no, 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 I, no, I know you can't it. do it like no, that. no, no, you have to. I mean, you do have to think about it. Um, fortunately, I set myself up in that league, if you remember, with a ton of assets at wide receiver and was able to, um, I still have a ton of them. Yeah, you still move do. a lot of them. Yeah, so. I'm very envious of your wide receiver room. Okay, right. who's got this next All one? Right. Sorry, next one. Um, this was console wars, I think. Oh, console wars, yeah, sorry. I think this was console wars, Camara and a fourth for Zach Charbonnet and Pickens. I'm sure context matters, but I'll take Charbonnet and Pickens. Yeah, the Kamara purchaser is basically solidifying the fact that they're going to try and win all of console wars. Um, mm. I think it was Flying Uppercut, which is uh, oh, FF Doormat. Yeah. Matt Hatton, yeah. yeah. He's Shout uh, out Matt. in DU Leagues, too. Yeah. Shout out. Um, so I think, I think the trade makes sense from that regard. Uh, you know, Pickens losing losing uh Pickett and Charbonnet probably not being the starter for the rest of the year. They don't really have any value on his roster. He actually has a ton of assets. If you looked at his team, like he did a really good job with constructing that roster and he still has, I think two or three firsts for next year. So, you know, getting rid of Charbonnet and Pickens really is not going to be that big of a deal for him moving forward. I think I agree though. I, I like the charge Pickens side long-term. 
Um, we kind of actually we totally missed that news that Charbonnet is uh, injured. Um, knee I'm not serious. It is, but yeah, the knee injury. So could be Ken Walker. I did Walker not know season. that. Yeah, yeah, it could be Ken Walker season uh, for the end of the year here. Um, yeah, right, injuries just don't stop coming, do they? Okay, last one here. I actually got this offer from somebody. I just thought it was interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Like, we're, we're talking really bottom of the barrel interesting shit here. This is, this is what I find interesting. <laughs> uh, Tanner Hudson, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, who's come on lately, or a fourth-round pick. Give me a fourth. I'll take the guy. I don't. I, <laughs> so, if I can go every rookie draft and not have a single fourth, I'll be happy. Tanner Hudson's almost 30 years old, and he, this is the first time that he's ever made a name for himself. Like, give me Travis a Travis Kelsey 2.0, baby. No, give me a fourth <laughs> no. every single time. All right. <laughs> I love this. That's, That's insane. That's he's, not, he's not coming around at 30, dude. I, mean, I didn't know just... he was almost 30, actually, because like last time I remember him, he was on the Bucks with Brady, and I'm like, this guy's young, but I guess he's not. Um, he's 29. Um, Let me see what his birthday is. He might have just turned 29. I mean, still... It's like, yeah, he just turned 29 in November. He'll be 30 next November. Okay. Yeah, yeah. well, give me the I, fourth. Like, <laughs> I think um, this comes down to, and I think this is worth talking about really quick, but I think this comes down to how you feel about your ability to analyze prospects coming in. And, and I say that because of guys like Puka, Dell, I've gotten Terry McLaurin's in the third and fourth rounds of drafts um, in the past, like, there's there's a good deal of value there if you can, if you trust your analysis if you if you trust yourself as a analyst um as a film analyst whatever analyst of of these guys coming out right and for myself I do trust myself so I think in that respect I'm more willing to take on fourths in general um and hold them and try to take my shots right and say like you know I'm my shots are going to be better than my opponent's shots at least most of my opponents so that's kind of how I, I was thinking about this. And I think that if you value your evaluation skills at all, you should maybe value late round picks a little bit more. That's fair. I don't think I'm very good at it. Yeah, but you got like, all of us around you, brother. Come on. Like, <laughs> you're good. You're good. No, I, I think you're good at this shit. So yeah, like you don't have some confidence in yourself. The way I even saw it and in the grand scheme of things is I agree with you completely, Billy, but as well as like if I were to get even a fourth round tight end in a rookie draft, which there's a ton, a lot even go on drafts and rookie drafts. Like they're going to have more value than Tanner Hudson ever will. And just because he's having this like little spurt while they have legitimately no tight ends on their roster, except for people who love Irv Smith, I guess I could have given, I, I could have sold Irv Smith in the off season, man, for like a fucking third. I think yeah. Uriah sent me a third for him. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to keep him because he's young and, He's got, he's got a future. Anyway, yeah, now I have a, a zero value asset on my team. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but like, that's like a perfect situation of that's a type of position where I want to try and get rid of, you know, guys who are now six, seven years in the league and have basically no value because I just don't see them ever coming back around from this. And it's mainly just down to what else is there on that team. It's like the Logan Thomas argument from in console wars. I'm not saying Logan Thomas is a Tanner Hudson. He's obviously had a very prolonged career, but this idea that a 32 or 33 year old tight end who has a prolonged injury history has this like regained value as a second round pick is just absolutely nuts to me. Like that's just not a reality. And Tanner Hudson, if you can get a fourth for him, dude, I'll ship it to you. 
like with my hand, I'll drive to you, give, give you the asset. <laughs> I, like, I like how Jake found a way to take a shot at the uh, the console wars guy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. But I'm no, not. no, I'm, I appreciate it. Don't be sorry. All right, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? Nah, that's, that's all we got. All right, everyone, thank you for giving us a listen. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie Beeman, TFF, at Jake Jake Abrams. Join our Discord. It's free. It's fun. We like to see you there on Sundays. Listen to us on Spotify if you can, and check us out on the on the YouTube. Other than that, y'all have a good night. Later.